Uh, well, as Peter said at the beginning, uh, my name's Dan, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to welcome you. Although I have no idea, you could have all left. I can't see anyone now. Um, but uh, I'm assuming you're going to stick around. Uh, and I uh, want to ask you a question. What makes you feel Christmassy? Uh, we've been running a campaign this year asking just that question. Uh, the most common answers include uh, Christmas jumpers. Uh, I would be wearing one this evening, but I'll get a bit too warm, so sorry about that. Um, uh, more interestingly, Christmas toilet paper. Uh, I'm not so sure. Has anyone, anyone else seen that? That's an uh, interesting sim. Uh, in fact, Sim was the only person who is made for Christmassy by Christmas toilet paper. But uh, other people included things like mince pies and other Christmas food and drink, uh, snow and wintry scenes, trees and lights and decorations, nativity puppets, plays and scenes. And uh, I've got to say, I especially agree with the Christmas food and drink and trees and lights and snow. Uh, but what makes you feel Christmassy? What makes you feel Christmassy? If feeling Christmassy is some kind of warm, cozy feeling, uh, some happy feeling, then there are some things we might associate with Christmas that don't make us feel Christmassy at all, like the stress of getting everything ready on time or the tension of family arguments. Real Christmas often isn't smiley, is it? Actually, for some people, Christmas is dominated by the absence of smiles. Maybe your loneliness is highlighted. Or the pain of conflict in the family or with others is brought to the surface. Real Christmas is a mix of joy and struggle. How did the very first Christmas begin? The Bible is frank and honest. No effort is made to hide the fact that the very first Christmas began with mistrust in a relationship that nearly ended in breakup and divorce. As we read earlier, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Matthew writes in chapter 1 of his account, His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. There's real Christmas right there. So you're not alone if family arguments are what make you feel Christmassy. Um, I, I think probably people in my family would say that when we were younger, my brothers and I maybe fought over the pigs in blankets over the Christmas lunch, maybe. Obviously, I've grown up and don't do that kind of thing anymore. Um, but, but there's fights and arguments in the families, aren't there? And uh, you're okay. You're in good company here if that makes you feel Christmassy. But real Christmas does also include joy. Maybe you're here tonight at this carol service because Christmas songs make you feel Christmassy. Well, again, songs featured in the very first Christmas. And whilst we've got an amazing choir and orchestra here, particularly the tenor section, I must say, um, just imagine how much more spine-tingling it would be to, for those shepherds listening to that choir of angels breaking the silence in the countryside at night. As we read earlier, there were shepherds living out in the fields by night, nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Wasn't it great in that video seeing that company of angels just walk in from the side in that animation? This would have been a most joyful choir, bursting with celebration. But why? What's the cause of this joy at Christmas? Did you notice it in the angel's message? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. If this is the message that God sent these angels to proclaim, then perhaps it's worth us spending five minutes thinking about what this means. First of all, notice that he says joy for all. This announcement is not just to a special family member, but to common shepherds, everyday people, people like you and me, I guess. Not special people, everyday people. And this is joy for you. The message to the shepherds was that he's born for you, born to you personally. And that can be true for us as well here this evening. Jesus would later on invite whoever, whoever comes to me. And so that could include you, whatever your background, wherever you're coming from. And the subject of this good news, and therefore that which causes great joy for all people, is the birth of one described with three titles. First of all, the title Saviour. The idea of saving can mean a variety of things, can't it? Some might wish saints' goalkeepers could uh, save more goals, by which we mean, of course, keeping the ball out of the net. Others might think, first of all, about their money which they're saving, by which we mean holding on to it, securing it, looking to see it grow, increase. Or we might wish we'd saved that computer file before our computer crashed and, and we upgraded to Windows 10. Don't bother doing that, by the way. In what sense, though, is the one whose birth the angels announced a saviour? Well, the answer's already been given by an earlier angelic proclamation. We heard that as well earlier. You're to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins, it says in Matthew 1. Separation is a a common feature of relationship breakdown. Maybe you've experienced this in some way personally. I'm almost certain that uh, everyone here probably at least knows someone who's experienced that kind of cut-off relationship. And the people who these angels came to with these messages knew well that this is exactly what had happened between them and God. They belonged to a nation who knew who God was. Their history is full of occasions where God made himself known to them and did wonderful things for them. But they knew that they turned their backs on their God. They had rejected him and rebelled against him. This is what the angel is referring to when he mentions their sins. As a result, the people were cut off from God, and they knew it. Similar to the relationship breakdowns we might have experienced or witnessed, there was now a painful separation between these people and their God. But this is why the angels bring such good news that will cause great joy for all the people. A saviour has been born. He will save his people from their sins. He will deal with the consequences of their rebellion and he'll bring them back. He'll rescue them from danger 
from the separation from God that they've got themselves into and bring them into a restored relationship with God. And maybe uh, you can identify with their awareness of their rejection of God and some sense of perhaps of the consequences of that rejection. Could it be that you too would welcome a saviour this Christmas, one who could deal with that danger, rescue you from it, bring you back into a right relationship with God? But how can a saviour who is born save his people from their sins? Well, let's consider the second of these three titles the angel used to describe him. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah. Unlike saving, most of us probably don't have a concept of what the word Messiah means. The word Messiah is a Hebrew word. It means the same as a Greek word, which would be more common to us, even though probably just as a swear word, the word Christ. Both Messiah and Christ refer to a person, a person who God promised would come. And we're not going to say everything there is to say about him tonight, don't worry. The Bible's all about him. But essentially, the word means God's anointed one. The person who God is with to bring about the salvation that we've been talking about already. And one picture that is used is that of a king rescuing his people from their enemies. King David was the greatest example in the history of these people of such a king. And as the angels point out, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah. Their excitement would be building. Is this the Lord's anointed king? Could this be the one to defeat our ultimate enemies? That in our hearts which rages against God and, and like a disease is harmful to us. Or the enemies of the dark forces in the world who would see us cut off from God and destroyed. Could this be the one? The Messiah alone can win victory over these enemies and finally and ultimately rescue us from them. The message of these angels is that God is bringing to fulfillment all that he's promised throughout history. The fact that his birth takes place in the town of David, Bethlehem, is one among many confirmations of this. The Messiah will rescue his people from their sin, but this would be at great cost to himself. In securing victory over his people's enemies, the Messiah will need to offer his own life in sacrifice as he takes the judgment required for his people's sin. Well, how could he do all that? How could anyone do all of that? Well, because of the third title the angels give him, Lord. He's none other than God himself. Lord here is a personal name for God. That's what it's used as. It becomes clear later in Luke's writings and the rest of the New Testament part of the Bible. The one who's born is God in the flesh. Big claim? Sure, it's a big claim. But a big claim backed up by overwhelming evidence, if you're prepared to investigate it. Evidence, yes, of angelic announcements like the one we're looking at, but of miracles and signs too performed by Jesus in his life and attested in history. Many of the events of his life, his birth, his death, uh, fulfilled precise prophecies made hundreds of years before he was born and outside of his human control. Ultimately, though, perhaps the most persuasive proof that this Savior, this Messiah, was the Lord God himself, would be seen after his death. 
After Jesus was executed on the cross, his body was taken down and buried in a tomb. But that tomb was empty three days later. And all the evidence points towards the resurrection of Jesus, this Savior, Messiah, Lord, who came to earth that first Christmas, was alive and is still alive today. He's the sovereign God who has shone his light into our darkness, who's spoken joy into our lives. And just as at the first Christmas, light broke into the darkness, would you like to see light and joy? Break into whatever kind of darkness you're living in this Christmas. That's what real Christmas is about. It'd be great to talk with you afterwards. If you want to find out any more, please come and find me. I'll probably be hanging around in the foyer there or anyone you've seen up front tonight. And we've got some uh, booklets. If you want to just read a little more, you can take away one of these booklets called Christmas in Three Words. That's free. Um, And there's some other uh, options there as well. Uh, If you live in Southampton um, and uh, would like to find out more by coming along to just discussing it and asking questions with other people, uh, then there's a leaflet here about an Alpha party. Uh, Alpha is a course which you can find out more about, but we're having a party in February for people who might be interested in coming along to that. Uh, But for now, I invite you to, to join us in adoration and worship as we sing our final carol together. To the king born in Bethlehem, God of God, very God, or in other words, he's God himself, Savior, Messiah, and Lord.